0: Bringing you now, here he is with his silver-throated tones, like a metal lark stuck in alfalfa. Here's Doctor History. Good morning, Zeb. How are you? <laughs> it's a good day out there. Uh, it's just, always a good day in Zeb's neighborhood. It
1: is, and sunshine and the crops are looking good.
0: So, what are you going to talk about this morning? And can you tip your mic up just there? You go just a little bit, not that much, That's perfect. How's that? That's absolutely excellent. All right.
1: Well. When you think about the Old West, you gotta think about cowboys. Oh yeah. Well, what else? Is I mean, there? what else is there? Yeah. Except so cowgirls. I'm gonna tell you, not about the cowgirls. Okay. But I'm gonna mention two names here that you're gonna recognize right off the bat. Okay. Nate Love. Yep. And Bill Pickett.
0: You know, there's a lot of history that stems from those two names.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we're going to cover some of it.
0: Yeah, okay. Not all of it. All right. Who are you going to start with?
1: Well, I'm going to start with Nate. Okay. You know, uh, about one out of every three cowboys were of African American or Mexican descent. That's right. And I think most people... Don't realize
0: that. Yeah, but it's true.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a fact seldom reflected, mainly in the western novels, films, t- TV. They didn't, the, you know, all the cowboys were white. Right. But um, anyway, Nate Love was born a slave in Tennessee in 1854. But after the Civil War, his imagination was fired by the colorfully dressed, free-spirited cowboys of the West. I mean, that that looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, in 1869, 15 years old, Nate left the South to become a cowboy. Now, he made his way on foot to Dodge City, walked all the way. He was attracted to a Texas outfit with several other black cowboys, offered a job if he could ride a really, really mean horse named Good Eye. Okay, this was the test. All right. So, Love, who had actually broken colts for a neighbor at 10 cents apiece, was able to stay on board this really rank horse okay so booted and spurred and uh, sporting a bright bandana and a broad brimmed white hat he worked as a cowhand uh, driving texas longhorns to kansas for several years but after the civil war more than eight thousand black cowboys including nate love made their way west and worked the cattle drives so you know when you think of the cattle drives again you'd TV, Rawhide, you'd... You, yeah, don't, don't no, you, ever...
0: you bring up a really good point right there, and it's a shame because uh, Rawhide was a big western series on television back in the 60s, and I dare say I don't think I ever saw a black cowboy on that TV series.
1: And, and that's what I recollect and as
0: I well. And I think, honestly, the first time in a TV series, Lonesome Dove had the first black cowboy yeah. with the actor, and all of a sudden his name escapes me. Danny, um, oh, oh, I forgot his last name. You know who I mean. He played with uh, Glover, Glover, Danny Glover. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, you know, there was a lot more out there than, than people really realized. But yep. anyway, in 1876, Nate Love helped trail a herd from Arizona to the Dakota gold mining boomtown, Deadwood where he entered the Centennial Independence Day celebrations. Now, Love related that he won a roping contest, a shooting contest, and right there uh, he said, uh, the assembled crowd named me Deadwood Dick.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot that.
1: And proclaimed me champion of the Western cattle country. Yeah. Uh, Now, Love thereby laid claim to having been the inspiration for the famous dime novels, the character Deadwood Dick. Yeah, that's right. And yet, uh, as I've read different things, there's other guys that make that claim as well. What year was that, by the way? 1876.
0: 1876. The same year as the famous Winchester. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, you know, these dime novels were coming out left and right about... uh, Famous people, and a lot of it was purely fiction. Right, but. right. Anyway, so he uh, became kind of a, a popular dime novel character, I guess, if you want Dead to call Deadwood Dick. Deadwood Dick, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, the character of Deadwood Dick was instrumental in establishing the heroic outlaw as a staple of a lot of movies and novels and television series. Uh, there were 33 Deadwood Dick dime novels, as well as 97 Deadwood Dick Jr. novels. Novels, Junior? Junior. Now, I'm not sure how that all fits together. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, by this time in the real West, the trail drives were ending. The nature of ranching was changing dramatically. Uh, Large numbers of black cowboys were trying to find more stable work. Now, during the era of open-range ranching, most cowboys were employed only seasonally. And we know this because sometimes they'd go from ranch to ranch, That's just to right. uh, have yep. a place to sleep and maybe yep. get something to eat. Yep. So, anyway, by the 1880s, the cowboys of Nate Love's generation no longer were these footloose teenagers in search of adventure and excitement. Uh, many men decided it was time to settle down and raise a family. So... Anyway, Nate Love uh, gave up cowboying in 1890 and became a Pullman porter. On
0: I the remember training. reading something about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean it was a, you know the most reliable job generally available to right. to African Americans at right. that period. And in 1907, he published the only book-length autobiography of a black cowboy. Hmm. And it's called The Life and Adventures of Nate Love. I see. Now, I'm just going to read a little excerpt out of of his book. Okay. Okay, He says... In the spring of 1876, orders were received at the home ranch for 3,000 head of three-year-old steers to be delivered near Deadwood, South Dakota. Hmm. This being one of the largest orders we had ever received at one time, every man around the ranch was placed on his metal to execute the order in record time. Our route lay through New Mexico, Colorado, and Wyoming as we had heard rumors that the Indians were on the warpath and were picking up something of a... Kicking up something of a rumpus in Wyoming, uh, Indian Territory in Kansas. So we expected trouble before we uh, again had, but we again had the pleasure of sitting around our fire uh, at, at the home ranch. And anyway, quite a large party was selected for this trip. Now, owing to the size of the herd and the possibility of trouble on the trail from the Indians, We, as usual, were as well-armed and had the best horses you could have. Um, And in taking the trail, we were perfectly confident that we could take care of our herd and ourselves through anything we were liable to meet. We had not been on the trail long before we met other outfits who told us that General Custer was out after the Indians, which obviously didn't end well, Mm -hmm. and that a big fight was expected when the 7th U.S. Cavalry, General Custer's Command,
0: met the Indians. Yes. Now, were you going to say something else, I was going to say, is this a good time? Well, it is a good time, but I want to leave it with this kind of remark. Somewhere on these bookshelves, and you can see there's thousands of books right there, Uh, I have a story about a cattle drive going exactly on that same route you're talking about. It was fictionalized, but uh, they were running adjacent to basically on the south side of the Little Bighorn River with their cattle drive headed towards Belfouche at the same time that uh, General Custer was attacked. So I'm going to try to find that book for you because it goes along right with what you're saying. Okay. Okay, Let me jump in here real quick and say that, of course, Dr. History is brought to you by Minicasha Sales at 1321 East Main Street in Burley. As I mentioned a little bit ago, Zach and the rest of the crew, everything, everything for your lumber packages, for your spring and summer remodeling. They've got it all for you. And don't forget, upgrade your windows. Keep the cold. Cold out in the heat outside, making you know, just acclimate your whole home better with the western windows from Minnecasha Sales. And of course, like I mentioned a moment ago, they got all the Tartar Farm and Ranch gates and panels, everything for you at Minnecasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, bringing you Dr. History.
1: Okay, so Nate Love's on this uh, cattle drive, and despite everything they had to to go through, which really wasn't that bad compared to a lot of other cattle Mm -hmm. drives, but he said, We arrived in Deadwood in good condition without having had any trouble with the Indians on the way. We turned our cattle over to their new owners, and once they proceeded to take in the town, or then proceeded to take in the town, so they probably... Went to the local uh, ice cream parlor and
0: had some yeah, ice cream, I'm sure it was ice cream. root beer. Yeah, absolutely. Know. But I was going to ask you something about that uh, Little Bighorn Massacre and General Custer, but the adjacent and surrounding area with the cattle business and everything else, how did the General Custer uh, onslaught by the Sioux Indians, how did it affect other people living in that area? Do you know? You know, I really don't. I mean... I think the premise is that a lot of us
1: think, well, it was just an isolated event that happened right there, which it did, yeah. but how did it affect the uh, ranchers yeah. and, and cattlemen around yeah. that area? Yeah. Because I mean, in
0: 1876, there were a lot of people who lived out there. Right. Yeah. And so I, I really can't answer that. Yeah. So. That's something for your homework. Something to look up. There you go.
1: So anyway, Nate Love, in addition to his claims about being the prototype for the famous fictional shootist. Uh, Love stated that he was a friend of Bat Masterson, that he'd met Billy the Kid in 1877, had various experiences with uh, Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett during the Lincoln County War. Yep. So, but uh, Nate fearlessly endured two decades of harrowing escapes. Uh, he said, "I gloried in the danger." He re- related a, a series of sensational adventures from skirmishes with the Native Indians. Uh, one Native Indian uh, group supposedly adopted him after they. Captured him, and then let him go. I guess oh. that's all it says about it.
0: Adopted him, and then, and then let him go. Let him go. Yeah. So, okay.
1: but cattle stampedes, wild animals, uh, gun battles. In fact, he's quoted as saying, "I carried the marks of fourteen bullet wounds on different parts of my body. Most of any of which would have been sufficient to kill an ordinary man." Uh,
0: he was kind of proud of
1: himself, anyway, wasn't he? <laughs> he? He was. He said, but I am not even crippled. He said, his book reads somewhat like a Deadwood Dick novel. So anyway, so he either had a bad memory or a good imagination. There we're, you are not sure. Fourteen yeah. bullet wounds. Okay. Yeah. Well. Anyway, but anyway, perhaps Nate Love was not the inspiration behind the fictional Deadwood Dick, but he spent most of his life as a cowboy. Uh, he was an adventurous man. He went west to become a cowboy during the heyday of that uh, profession, and he was an African American who spearheaded the movement of his race in the last west. Uh, and of course, embellishing deeds of his uh, life was kind of a natural thing for him to do. But uh, anyway, so well, that's no, kind of. No, no.
0: What happened to him, though? I mean, what about uh, how did he meet his demise? You know, I
1: I don't know that, but you know, he like say he went to work uh, on the railroad after the cattle thing really? kind of ended, yeah. But I
0: and that was in the eighteen nineties, you said? Yes, eighteen nineties. Okay. Yeah. So he probably, if he had any kind of longevity at all, maybe lived into the turn of the century. Yeah,
1: then. yeah, could very well have. Been. Yeah. So
0: okay, what about old Bill Pickett? Bill Pickett. I
1: know Bill really. All well. right. Okay. Now, although. Uh, African-American cowboys were already at work west of the Mississippi River during the Civil War. Thousands of emancipated slaves from the South turned their eyes westward uh, when that conflict ended in 1865. So the age of the great cattle drives were about to begin, and hardworking men, regardless of color, could earn a fair, if not rough, living wrangling these millions of Texas Longhorns. Yeah. And we've talked about how mean they can be. Oh, my. But despite the ever-present threat of frontier violence, the blacks were actually safer in the West than they were in the South back then. Really? Uh, I hate to say averaged uh, about 150 lynchings per year oh in the 1890s. Oh that was uh, in the back, uh, South. Yeah. So, Although segregated bunk houses were the norm on most ranches, African American men found a uh, readier acceptance on the frontier and far more integrated conditions in the western towns than in the southern communities. I think
0: they were. That's because they were better judged on their ability than their color.
1: And that's exactly what I was going to say. The, the cowboys judged each other by how well they could ride, shoot, tend cattle, stand on their own. Uh, family breeding, nationality, and race mattered not a bit uh, among the demands of a cattle drive. Yeah. Now, although most African Americans worked as regular cowboys, uh, watching after the herd, busting broncs and stuff like that, they also sometimes took on positions of authority, such as a ranch foreman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, trail Boss yeah. uh, or uh, uh, Ramrod. You know, that's moving up the line. So, obviously, they must have been good. That's how Obama started. Yeah, right. <laughs> for the, you know for that time, uh, you know, such a thing was remarkable, even in the most liberal parts of the North. So, <laughs> But it was almost impossible for a black man to find work supervising whites. I mean, that didn't happen a lot. Yeah. But one of the most famous of all black cowboys was Bill Pickett. Billy Pickett. Born in Texas in 1860. So, Pickett is said to have been hired at age 13 at the famous 101 Ranch in Oklahoma. Have you you heard of that ranch?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, when he was about 20 years old, he created the sport of bulldogging. And you know what I'm going to get to here? Yep. In which a rider leaps from his horse, wrestles a full-grown steer to the ground. As he perfected his bulldogging technique over the years... Pickett found that he could get a struggling steer to submit more quickly if he bit its upper lip. Yep. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine that in my mind.
0: You know, and today to think about some of these big burly bulldoggers going out there and putting a lip lock on a steer doesn't sound really appealing, <laughs> does well, it? I don't know that girlfriends would like that. Yeah. But.
1: But anyway, that's... Get that
0: Copenhagen in that steer's (laughs) mouth. So
1: anyway, in the early 1900s, when the 101 Wild West Show was organized, uh, Pickett accompanied such well-known cowboy stars as Will Rogers and Tom Mix uh, on the wide-ranging show circuit. Uh, He actually performed in Madison Square Garden in Europe before returning to Oklahoma and the 101 Ranch. And in 1971, Pickett became the first African American ever inducted into the National Cowboy Hall of Fame.
0: And it was long overdue. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not sure how old he was when he died. Yeah. Born in the 1860, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was long overdue, and uh, there's so many stories about the changes in what he did from the actual biting in the lip of the steer to bring it over on its side and everything, and then going to what we use now as basically the head hold, and then the twist of the neck, and down they go all four feet in the same direction. But Bill Pickett was the daddy of that event. Yeah.
1: And, you know, there was a great amount of pride associated between the ranches. as who had the best cowboys, yeah. the best ropers, the best the, the hardest horse to
0: break. There was a lot of money that changed hands. Yeah.
1: In fact, just over here, not very far from us, over by the Rock Creek area, uh, there was two outfits that got together and decided to have a little uh, bucking contest. Yeah. And what they had then was you just had a circle, you know, maybe with a rope. Yep. And you didn't go for a certain length of time. You went until... They were done. Yeah, until they were done. And... Uh, one particular event, uh, two riders, uh, the judges had them tied at the end of the the, the event. Yeah. So they had to do a ride-off. Oh, yeah. So the Which
0: took fir- a long time. Yeah.
1: So the first cowboy, he was really good. Yeah. He was on this bucking horse, and while the horse was bucking, he swung one leg over, took a spur off, put his leg back to the other side, then took the other leg, put it across, and pulled that spur off, and kept riding.
0: I would really challenge and like to see that. So, I, now that the next
1: guy coming up figured, well, hey, I got to do the same thing.
0: You've got to remember that some of your history that you report on is a lot of ballyhoo. <laughs> well, that sure as it's written, right? So the next cowboy
1: he tried the same thing. He got one spur off, but he didn't get the other one. And it was kind of Katie bar the door. He
0: was he was done. Yeah. But you know, the Old West, when you look at it uh, with the cowboy, the Great American Cowboy, and uh, I'm not going to say they're fairy tales, but there's a lot of uh, made-up nostalgia that uh, has enhanced the image of the Great American Cowboy, I think, to a hero that's bigger than life and known all over the world. Well, I've always heard the saying that There's no sense in repeating a good story if you can't improve on it. There you go. And there never has been a cowboy that couldn't be throwed. (laughs) Never was a bronc that couldn't be rode. That's what they say. Yeah, that's right. You know, those are good stories. But Bill Pickett and uh, Nate Love... And it really is a shame that, uh, because of color barriers in Hollywood, et cetera, that they didn't really show the truth about what right. the American cattle industry was like in the old days. I'm going to show you a picture of Nate Love. Okay, right there. Yeah, he. I mean, now he would fit in with that hairdo as an NBA basketball player he would. today, wouldn't he? he? Would. Yeah. <laughs> But you can see the date. It says
1: 1854, and they don't know when he died.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, the guy looks like, if you give him any static, he's a mean-looking dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then this is a a picture of
1: just what they assume another cowboy, not Bill Pickett.
0: Right. Uh, I've got some pictures of Bill Pickett in another book, but uh, uh, that's history the way it was with Nate Love and Bill Pickett. And God love them, they were trendsetters.
1: Well, and there's others that
0: I've talked about before that also were
1: amazing yeah. cowboys. Yeah.
0: So yeah, And you know, modern day, there's a lot of great, and I, the terminology, black, white, whatever, I don't like it. Uh, I just think that if you're good at something, who cares about your race, race or ethnicity? I don't. Uh, but uh, today, there are tons and tons of very qualified athletes in the rodeo business. Yeah. And I love watching the national finals every yeah. year. Freddie Whitfield, Charlie Sampson, the list goes on and on and Yeah. On. Yep. Hey, great show today. I appreciate that. You betcha. Are you going to be here next week or are you going to be traveling again? I'll be here. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and naturally, you know already what the subject matter is going to be. Uh, I sure do. What is it? The old west, <laughs> something in the old west. We are getting more calls every week about your segment, and uh, people really enjoy it. And they've given suggestions as to what we should do with the segment, and nice suggestions. Well, by I noticed the way.
1: last week you wanted something on acupuncture. Yeah,
0: in the in the old west, and, and the everything. only thing yeah. I could
1: think of was the Indians, but they were a little. Their acupuncture penetrated a little farther than it, I think. It was, was therapeutic.
0: Yeah, and they hung people by their. Again, yeah. quite frankly yeah spears and shields yeah. Yeah. well anyway that's doctor history brought to you by minicash our kids have said to us since we've moved to minnesota we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived moving to minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us
1: just this overall sense of community of values that you know minnesotans have it's a real accepting loving community especially with two young kids see why cnbc ranks minnesota number four best state to live and work